Ready? This <laughs> volume. Wow, I can't do it. Door was shut, This is a gorilla podcast. A collection of interviews, conversations, and hangouts with some of our favorite humans. It's an opportunity for us to pull back the curtain and talk about how we all got here or are getting here, I guess you could say. No edits. That's not Just true. Just uncut conversations about things we've learned, mistakes we've made, and all the stuff that keeps us going. It's another way, we hope, to be a little more human. A little more human. To be more human. (laughs) (laughs) There's something in there. Uh, welcome to episode 25 of A Little More Human. Today episode on the episode 25. It's true. We've, we've made it to 25, 25 episodes. And this one's special because we've got Andy Phelps in the building. Quarter centennial special guy. I'm Andy honored Phelps. to I am honored to be here. Ironically, you're, he's also 25. So Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't I've realize been, you were so I've been young. 25 for 12 years now. <laughs> mm, very good. Yeah. So Andy, you have an interesting relationship with Gorilla and this place. I actually met you because you were just hanging out here one day. Um, <laughs> your older brother is David Michael Phelps. Yes. That's one connection, but you you've known all of these characters mm. here since Probably the beginning. I'd like to enlighten myself to Larry on Three's Company. Okay. You know, it's like if this place is is the apartment, then I just kind of pop in every now and again and <laughs> tell a few jokes. Everyone laughs and I leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Yeah. You also I agree with that. You bring a little joy. Yeah, and then, and then uh, it's like you're gone. I've got no real stake here, so <laughs> you know, I'll just uh, do my thing and. Uh, Make a goofy face, and maybe I get on the credits. Who knows? <laughs> you are also in a lot of credits. <laughs> I've had a few, just a few. So I, I, I was just watching something, and you are have been in a lot of things that Gorilla's made over the years. I've been involved with Gorilla, yeah. I mean, even before it was Gorilla, the Eric's um, and my brother and myself, we shot—this um, is back in the day, man, when we would shoot on film. Like, I had a, what was called an— Airy SR, like an original SR. I know it. It's a <laughs> it's a standard sixteen millimeter camera. It's not even a it's not even a um oh what do you call the modified sixteen the 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 wider oh, six super sixteen yeah it's not even super sixteen. See they're nerding out. I'm yeah, sitting we're there as a producer over here yeah. like I really don't no, even know. No, but the, the best way to put it is like early on. Yeah, like Andy was like the EP. Mm-hmm. On all these little things that we were doing to try to like break into the industry or whatever, yeah. right? He had bought this this camera, and it was right as sort of like film was going out and digital was coming in. It was in. just going out, but I we mean, were it obsessed. Was the death of film, and you guys even took this camera. I mean, it was a it was like a full sized case camera, and you guys towed that thing through Europe. So the you first that, that first project that yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. that first documentary that Eric and I did before we even started Gorilla, that the thing that was a catalyst for starting Gorilla was a documentary in Warsaw, and Eric and I carried <laughs> this thing everywhere. Was you like, had the so that was your pounds. camera? Yeah. We I didn't know that was your ever. camera. Yeah, I saw that thing. Do you remember I dropped like that cracked that lens and we had to fix it? Yeah, you told me after after the fact. I didn't really care. It was like a lens out of the 70s, you know? Did, I mean, did your heart Well, just... I expected something to go wrong. I mean, it's not like you take <laughs> all this stuff to Poland or, you know, across Europe and it, and it's like going to come back. And well, we like had no hard. money either, right? So we, yeah. we didn't rent a car. We just used public transportation yeah. and walked everywhere. <laughs> but, it was, but it was a different time. I mean, we were in a completely different mindset, I think. We were so naive. It and, was awesome. And uh, it was great. I mean, you, you, we were learning our boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, think I think people underestimate the power of naivete. I think mm. it's an incredible gift. Absolutely. And you can't hang on to it for long if you're a critical thinker. But, man, in those days, yeah, we just— did whatever, and yeah. it didn't even occur to us that there was a different way to yeah. do it. <laughs> we shot, uh, we even shot, we might have shot our very first thing in my brother's living room. Over, you remember those? What was uh, that called? Fianchetto is what we yeah. called it. It was Dave Phelps playing chess. No, it was Evan playing chess. Oh, it was Evan Coons playing chess. Uh, yeah. Evan Coons, Evan Coons been on the podcast. And when yeah. we got a, um, I, what was really exciting about that shoot was we got, um, there was a, a part when a dude get gets, hit over the head with a whiskey bottle. Uh-huh. And so we bought like the the actual fake whiskey bottles that are oh, made to nice. break over people's heads. And remember that? Do you remember that at all? Yeah, they're made out of like sugar or it's something. It's made out of sugar, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Andy, you <laughs> so got to set the stage for yeah. the audience here because luckily we know you and we get the joy of you like 
popping in now and again. Sure, yeah. But maybe t- let the audience know a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got where you're at, and like specifically when it comes to working in film, because I think okay. that is like w- I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about sure. you as an editor and you as like yeah. an EP, and you've been involved in a lot of stuff, and then we'll talk about all the other stuff too. But well, just for those listening who can't, who can't, I don't know if there's many people watching this or not. I mean. Maybe there's hundreds seeing this. But, um, <laughs> a, there's tens of people there's watching. There's tens of people. Um, but uh, when I was, well, when I was young, I was in a car wreck and I broke my neck and it sucked and everything. I'm, ah, oh, it's terrible. You know, um, so I've been in, in a wheelchair. I mean, it was <laughs> The terrible. most lighthearted way of saying. It was terrible. It was. Yeah. It was a long time ago, obviously. So right. I, I can talk, I can talk very freely about it. Uh, but I've been in a wheelchair since I was 16 and it's a, it's a massive, it's not like the biggest wheelchair, but, you know, it's, it's big enough to where it makes me self-conscious, you know, and, 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 uh, and uh, I wouldn't say self-conscious necessarily, but it, it makes me noticeable, mm-hmm. I guess. And mm-hmm. I know that, and that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sometimes I like to play out the awkwardness on it. Uh, yeah, is, sometimes he uses it to his advantage. Yeah, <laughs> when, I was, when I was young especially, that was a good coping mechanism when I was young. Just messing with people? Just messing with people. What's, well, like, let's what? pa- wait, 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 wait. Let's pause there. What's your favorite messing with someone's uh, story? Well, the Taco Bell one is good. You, you made mention of that briefly before we started. Um, when I went to Taco Bell once, uh, my brother tells that story really well, so I hate to un... I don't even know this story. You don't know this story. I don't know this story. I don't know this story. We need to give it context. Okay, okay. Andy, uh, Um, Andy's chair is run with a joystick. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, well, this is. Let me set the stage. Okay. So go. (laughs) um, So this is like right after I was initially injured. So I had. Right now, I can I can move my arms. You know enough to to get around. Mm -hmm. You know um, enough to feed myself and control my chair. And you know it's not. You know. I, you You've know, done some physical therapy. I, 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 yeah. I can do enough to, yeah. to, you know, have a happy life. Well, at this moment, at this moment in time, I had pretty much no movement in my arms. Okay. I could, I could like lift, lift my hands up a little bit. Okay. And I was in a, a giant wheelchair. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was terrible. I was depressed. It was just, I mean, dude. It, yeah, you, know, you it, just it you're sucks ju- to be paralyzed yeah. when you're 16, especially. Um. My brother took me out to the movies. We went to see Castaway. Oh, good movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it holds up. It's not the point of the story. Anyway, we go to Taco Bell afterwards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> You're good. And um, I'm not. I'm not getting emotional. My throat's getting dry. <laughs> Those who are listening. Um, so we go to Taco Bell afterwards, and we go to the drive-through, and my brother places an order or whatever, and and the dude kind of looks through the van, past my brother and to myself, and he says, "Well, who's our special friend?" Oh no! Yeah, and my my brother is just kind of taken back, you know, and he, excuse me, you know, and. The guy in the wheelchair. How you doing? You know, and he and he like waves at me, right? And oh, so no. I play into it. I just go full retard. No, I go, no. and I just start yelling for tacos. I start. I flail my arms as much as I can, which isn't much, oh and I start bouncing up and down. And I go tacos, 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 tacos. And this guy's like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna go get your tacos right now." And and he oh, walks no. off and gets my tacos. I'm and, so uncomfortable. And, and, I know, and, uh, me too. <laughs> and Dave looks back at me like, where did that come from? What was that? And the guy comes back and he gives me tacos. Hey, here's your tacos, buddy. And you know, we pay and leave, drive off. Oh, so, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, you, so you, that, you that mess was, with plenty of people. Yeah. That, yeah, that was the most, when you ask what was the most severe, that was probably the most severe. <laughs> Is that like, so real talk though, like, Obviously, you know, something like that, like you're just like, there's a, someone is making a judgment of you based on their preconceptions. Yeah. Right. So like, even when you say like full retard, I know you're referencing, uh, what's the movie? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Right. Like, I know you're referencing that. Yeah, I'm like, we're not coming yeah. down on that at all. Yeah, it's no, just like, sorry, I kind of threw that word out there. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I recognize what you're yeah. what you're doing though is like to be objectified in that way. Yeah, 
right? Like, well, here's, here's, you just, here's the thing. You must have been at a breaking point where you're just like, this see, is new to me and I can't take it anymore. See, here, here's the thing is, um, part, I, I, I think it's all part of a plan. You know, it is all part of a plan. And um, I was injured early, I think, so I would learn how to cope with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That, I think that, you know, if, if there's a master plan, then that was probably part of it. Because uh, think about when you're 16 years old. I mean, you're you're a snot-faced little punk who thinks he knows everything, mm-hmm. but you don't. And fortunately, I, you know, I say fortunately, I was injured then, so that the rest of my adult development, the stuff like that, the, the preconceived notions, or, or the little smiles you get at the store, you know, the little pity smiles, mm-hmm. or, you know, people always asking, hey, can I help? You know, I mean, yeah, God bless them. They're good people. They're good-hearted, you know, but that, that kind of stuff is kind of annoying. And mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, I learned to deal with it when I was young. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucked at the time, sure. I mean, there were there was a lot of uh, long, lonely nights where I cried myself to sleep. But mm-hmm. fortunately, that's not that's not the case anymore. I've gone on to live a very happy and and you know, I like my life. I think it's fun. You know. <laughs> you know? So let's 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 talk yeah. about your life a little bit because sure. Um, I, we were talking about before the we hit record. I rewatched Juggling Cut. There was a short documentary that Caleb Slane directed yes. about your story, about the accident, about the whole piece. Which we'll like, yeah, produce. We, we which we'll like, I think we produced it like eight years ago. Now. It was a while yeah, ago. A while. Yeah, that's about right. I think it was released seven years. So yeah, we probably shot it eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. So same time I wrote my book, or same time that I released my book. Which we're and definitely going to link. You can check yeah, it out on we'll, our We'll link website. both those in the show notes for yeah. this episode so you can check out his book and yeah. the short documentary. But... Uh, I want to talk about you as an editor because that's really what Juggle and Cut is all about. I mean, you went from, you know, being a young snot-nosed 16-year-old that's like, you know, in you you can't be touched. You're invincible. Sure. To someone that, you know, wanted to still be who he was, which is like highly creative. You were a woodworker. Mm -hmm. You're a juggler. You played on the football team. You wanted to play hockey. You you Whatever you wanted to do, you breathed fire. You did a whole bunch (laughs) of stuff. Yeah. and then you still wanted to embody that because you were kind of an entertainer. And like you were yeah. the youngest of nine kids. Yeah. Which only people from big families knows what the hell that means. <laughs> so like you're you're especially the youngest. Yeah, you're you cr- know? you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, like pro- you're certifiably crazy when you're, you're the youngest of you nine. You gotta get people. the attention. Right. It's a lot of lot of competition. Yeah, and you did a really good job of getting that attention. Uh, sometimes, yeah. I was <laughs> I was very good at that. So yeah. when you decided to move into creating things now in a different form. How how did you get there? Because like you said, just briefly, like you're 16, you're, there's depressing, there's lonely nights. It's like, how do I like, how did you get to that next stage of going, it was, hey, I want to make things still? It was uh, the technology at the time. It just, I was injured at the right time, I think. Um, because uh, right after I graduated, the summer I graduated, I got my first Mac. Like it was a G4, a, like a 400 megahertz i mean just just a real blazing at the time blazing it was yeah but (laughs) i but they had final cut pro which was new at the time and user friendly Mm -hmm. and a great program and then i got you know like a digital camera for you know like a you know 1500 bucks or something like that that well the gl1s you remember the gl1s you jumped off a cliff with one Eric and uh, I've jumped off so many cliffs. Yeah, <laughs> hard to keep them yeah. all straight. But uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that what but, story you're referencing. But, but it's, I'm uh, <laughs> this just this little bulletproof Canon camera. You know that shot little mini DV. Awesome. And my brother and I were like, all right, well, let's just write a movie and and shoot something and see, mm-hmm. you know, see what we can learn from it. So we got our friends around and we shot a little 45 minute. Um, oh man, if we showed it today, we would both. Get roasted on the internet. It was it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. What was it called? It was called My Brother Donnie. Um, it was actually very clever. It was um, the story of uh, two brothers eluding a loan shark who was set on castrating them because he didn't get paid back. And, okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right. It's All called right. Apology. Castrating them. Yes, castrating. Them. Okay. And uh, and uh, one of the guys owned a pet store in uh, that. That had a, a bad street. Uh, what did it have? Oh, crabs! It had a bad case of crabs. And so that was <laughs> that was the joke. The running joke was, "Oh, why'd your pet shop sh- shut down? Oh, I got a bad case of crabs." 
Um, <laughs> so anyways, anyways yeah, just to give us a taste of my brother and, and how how brilliant we are. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the best we can come up with. Um, so anyways, I, I learned how to edit and then... Um, uh, well, and then I learned about a place called Compass, which uh, which was a um, a hub at the time in Grand Rapids for uh, like minded filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of us kind of um, a lot of us came from. When I say us, I mean you know the gorilla um, kind of the gorilla community. Um, some of us started there. Some of us came, kind of came and went through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came and went. Um, but anyway, I, I, I attended their uh, eight-week course uh, back in 2000 and decided that film is really what I wanted to do and that it's something that I thought I could do, mm-hmm. um, something I got passionate about. Um, and that's when I decided to go to film school in Florida. And so I, I, prior to my entry, I wanted to run away and join the circus. But after my entry, I ran away and joined film school. And they're like similar things. They're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> you know. Now, Andy, obviously, like, so people kind of have a construct now for understanding your story. Um, I'm sure this raises a lot of questions, right? We know you. We kind of know how you do this. But how did you get over that ideological hump to go like, no, like, this is still for me. I can do this, right? You're limited. You know, you have limited mobility. Right, you actually can't use your fingers. Right. Yeah, so there's, you know, using your hands and your fingers is a massive part of editing or, you know, holding a camera or whatever, any of these sorts of things. So what what was your process that made you go, all right, no, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to figure out a different way. Oh, boy, that's a really good question. Um, That I don't have the answer for. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I might be able to talk it out. Um, Yeah, do it. Well, it's always it's always kind of been my mindset that if I'm going to learn something, I'm going to I'm going to devote myself to it. Um, I I maybe have kind of a very addictive personality where if I if I think something is worth you know doing, then I I want to I want to commit to it. I want to be the best that I can be at it. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that um, because I spent so many hours prior to film school, learning, um, learning like Final Cut Pro and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that, all the, mm-hmm. I even had Photoshop and After Effects back in the day. Um, I, I, I knew that learning that stuff prior to film school was going to give me a leg up. And, and it did. And it did. Because when I went to film school and I, yeah, all I, these kids didn't know anything. Sure. A, a lot of people didn't know anything. In fact, it, when it came to Final Cut, it, I was teaching some of the instructors there because it was fairly new at the time. Like they, they were like, yeah, I'm not quite sure how to do this. And I'll be like, oh, hit W and then click there and you can drag that around, you know. And, but and, that's uh, what I mean, though. It's just like, the, you know, most people would go like, oh, that's intimidating yeah. with full range of motion. Yeah. Right? And you're going like, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to figure well, out how to do it. Yeah. And you're basically editing with... Uh, you know, like a, well, how would you describe it? Well, it's, a, it's a, called a mouth stick. It's a stick that I put in my mouth and it's like hitting a, it's like hitting one button at a time. I mean, that's all it is. It's it's one button at a time. So if you need so, any motivation to learn every single hotkey, hotkey, hot like, this yeah. is it. That was, yeah. Do you, that, you, yeah. Do you have them all memorized? Probably still. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> throughout multiple programs, yeah, there's different. There's different hotkeys, I mean, for different programs. And now that I primarily, I don't, I mean, Final Cut's dead. So no one, I don't think anyone works in Final Cut Mm -hmm. Pro anymore. Um, But yeah, like in Premiere, um, I just switched it to the Final Cut hotkeys. But between, you know, Premiere and After Effects, there's a difference. In Photoshop Mm -hmm. and Illustrator, there's a difference. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I've I've got them all pretty much. It becomes muscle memory after a while. You don't even really think about it. You just... You just hit the button. I love how it's so nonchalant because, like, I know countless people that spend hours still that don't know any of this stuff and struggle through editing, including myself. Mm. And you're just like, oh, yeah, it just becomes muscle memory. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to know is just, like, (laughs) so you're there and you've, you know, this catastrophic event has happened in your life. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but there's things I really want to do still. Well, I mean, that's such drive to just go, I'm going to do it differently. And then to just... Do embark it. on that. Like, yeah. where does that come from, and how did you begin? That? Well, there's uh, there's a lot of inspiration from my family, especially my parents and, and many of my close friends, who, um, uh, you know, who encouraged me to to learn that kind of stuff, and you know, who encouraged me not to 
not to play video games. I mean, that that's okay. Well, you want to know how I really learned how to type is is I learned through video games. Mm. I used to play this. There was the first MMO uh, called Ultima Online, and it was like this, you know, really crappy Tolkien esque. Um, video game and I learned I tell you when you're trying to outrun monsters you learn you learn how to type very quickly uh, <laughs> so um, with a mouse stick yeah with a mouse stick and so as far as like typing goes and you know and I use a trackball so you know to control the mouse for those wondering um, I learned all that through video games and even after I I mean even after I I learned um, uh, the software I, I went back to play many more video games and I love video games. Video games are awesome, man. They're fun. <laughs> They're great. What a great motivator. Yeah. Uh, so take us up to now, because obviously you know like Final Cut. Uh, yeah. You know all of the programs. Are you still working on projects? Maybe like talk about some projects um, that you're passionate about or things that you might advise yeah. on. Because you obviously have a wealth of knowledge in your head because you've been around this stuff for well, so long. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, it's What's great is um, a lot of what I've learned in the past, which I I primarily did post-production. You know, I mean, I, I did a little bit of producing um, during my film heydays, but, but post-production is really where my passion always was. And... Um, and I, uh, I had a few clients up until maybe a year and a half ago that I just mm -hmm. kind of kept, um, you know, and I would do commercial stuff, you know, just, you know, not nothing big production, just mm -hmm. some kind of hokey stuff. Um, uh, but I dropped that uh, about the time, let's see. Now, yeah, I, I, you know, I just got sick of it, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. and, and I kind of quit doing it for a while. Um, I, uh, there was a lot of years. Yeah, there was a lot of years. And, um, you know, like I, I loved, I, I loved the community, you know, I love the, the, especially, you know, stuff around here, but as far as like the hands-on work, it's, it, it doesn't suit my talents anymore. My talents aren't suited to the demand because, um, like editing, I mean, editing is so common now. It used to be a very niche talent. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's like everyone can edit now, which is, which I think is awesome. It's great because I think that if you learn how to edit, you become a better filmmaker no matter what department you're in. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, I just kind of, I don't know, I got sick of the programs. Mm -hmm. um, I got sick of trying to keep up with technology. And and so um, I'm trying to pivot a little bit now and I'm uh, I'm trying to educate myself in app development. So really, yeah. So um, uh, stuff like Unity. Um, well, basically, what I've been doing is watching tutorials for the last uh, nine months. You know? <laughs> God, how many tutorials can a guy watch? You know, but uh, if you're determined about something, if you're but... determined a lot, I've yeah, I've come to find. But um, wait, so if you're doing app development, like, mm -hmm. what is your ambition there? What do you want to create? Um. That's a good question. Uh, I want to, I mean, ideally I'd like to make video games. I mean, I'd like, I, I've got a few ideas for like a few video games I'd like, I'd like mm -hmm. to make. I've got one based on the Old Testament that, um, see, here's the thing uh, that, that I've, I've come to learn about video games. Like I'm a big World of Warcraft fan, like okay. especially back in the day. I don't play anymore, but back in the day, it was great. And what I liked about it was that um, I could memorize the lore. You okay. Know, like the story behind it. Okay. That, that's what Blizzard's really good for is the story oh, yeah. that goes alongside the game. I played okay. old school World of Warcraft. Okay. So, yeah, cool. it's really good stuff. Yeah, for the horde, baby. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway. You guys are on your own on this anyway, one. <laughs> um, um, what really bothered me is that when I would think about things like, say, the Bible, something that's very important to me, uh -huh. I had I had a very hard, I have a very hard time memorizing you know the lore well the lore yeah, yeah the everything about it and so um I, I i guess if if i had the budget and the team to to build anything any type of app i wanted then i would build a game that would be based on old testament stuff so that people could 
it, it would help memorize, you know, mm-hmm. help people to memorize mm-hmm. what's going on. I have a lot of knowledge in this area from my childhood. And I was going to imagining uh, is just like okay, level native. seventeen. Now we go castrate this entire village of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but don't eat to, shellfish afterwards. <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> like, I have just an image of I can remember. Yeah. Don't collect three thousand foreskins. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have just Cain and Abel just We're like trying need to kill a each lot other. Of foreskins. Smite the heathens. Yeah. Smite. Smite. <laughs> Oh right. my gosh. Yeah, so obviously there's potential. Go sacrifice your there's son a lot on of this potential. mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, so where I'm at now, yes, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to expand my knowledge in, mm-hmm. in, um, in, uh, in app development. That's more of a winter thing, you know, being in Michigan. Right now, it's, it's, it's a really good time just to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's really what I'm trying to do over the last couple of summers. It's like, okay, I've worked really hard to get in the mindset where I'm at and to, and to you know, be in a place where I'm, I'm joyful, you know, and I'm happy and, and things are great. And so— um, Let's talk about that a little uh, bit, yes, please. right? Sure. Because I think there's so much baked into this. It's just like for someone that's—you know, I've known you for a long time, mm-hmm. right? a long time. You know, back the film agents. school days, I used to go yes. to your— apartment and this yeah. is before I even knew my wife like I mean quite a while ago we go, I go to your apartment and we just watch the sopranos yeah that's right right and then yeah you showed me Donnie Brasco for the first time yeah we yeah. like every week we get together and yeah. like watch the sopranos or some old movie or whatever so we've known each other for ages yeah but for someone that doesn't know you and maybe has just met you it's it's like that guy at Taco Bell right like there's an assumption immediately that gets sure. made and that's a lot to carry um, maybe just like give a little like grounding for that, right? Like as a person, like what are these sort of arcs that you've had to go through to get mm. to where you are right now? Because when you say like being joyful, you know, being present, like I believe you, I know you well enough to know, but I also yeah. know there's been some serious ups and downs. Oh yeah. And those ups and downs aren't necessarily over, right? Like there's a physicality yeah. to this as well that drives you know, things and maybe give some context. Like what does sure. life look like to be Andy well, Phelps? Well, with hindsight, you know, I, um, I'm i 37 now. So I, I'm 21 years into paralysis. Um, and I can, if I look back over the last 20 years, say, let's say the, la- the, the first 15 years of my paralysis. So five years prior to now and then back. Um, I can chart the five stages of, what do they call the five stages of depression? Oh yeah, you know, okay. and and I can grief, tell yeah. Yeah. over fifteen years. Yeah, over fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, and you can, I can, I can outline that that character arc. What does know? that look like? Can you and take me what, through it? Sure. The the first few years, um, which probably is when we start hanging out. Yeah. Uh, because I, let's see, I I started in the film industry about three years after I was injured because I, I so you're like nineteen yeah. or twenty. I was nineteen or twenty. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, we and, only met and like that three was years com- after that was complete injury. denial. That was my stage of complete denial, okay. where where I thought that it doesn't matter that you know that I'm in a wheelchair, I can do whatever I want, and I I believe that like beyond the point to where I should have believed that, which is okay because I was at the age when I had to learn that kind of stuff, um, and that led to a lot of things like pressure sores, um, which I mean they just they just ruin your life. I mean they are. Yeah. They are tough to deal with. They take forever to heal. Um, I spent a lot of time in bed nursing those sores, uh, but always in the mindset. You were pushing yourself to your yeah, limit. Sure, yeah. I was. Well, and that, and I wasn't eating right, and I mean, I was probably drinking a little bit too much at the time, and um, I mean, it was it was the classic stage of denial where where I, I think I was able to mask it pretty well around mm-hmm. my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, looking my, back, you masked it around me. Sure. I'm sure of that. Sure. But a lot of that has to do with, because I, I am a pretty optimistic and positive guy. I always have been. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for me to, to you know, kind of put off the, the really painful stuff because, because I really do love life. I mean, life really is great. I really, it's, it's exciting, man. Especially now we're going to send people to Mars. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, dude, how can you not be excited? How can you not love life right now? Um, but at the time, well, I can tell you how you can't is if you're, you know, in denial like I was in, in, in depression. Um, and yeah, I was very depressed uh, 
for the majority of the time of, of um, you know, up until, you know, a few years ago, like I said. Um, but yeah. Um, What's next in so the stage? Is it anger? It would be anger would be next, which I definitely went through. And I, that was probably more through my mid twenties. And that was masked by a lot of drinking and um, just staying up late and, you know, disconnecting myself. I remember, from was that when like World of Warcraft? Was that that time uh, or next? That was probably the next. That was probably the next stage. Which is what? Uh, which is bargaining, I believe. Um, okay. mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, uh, 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 I thought, okay, if as long as I can get through this, I'll be all right. You know, like like the one thing that's been mm -hmm. prevalent in the media, like okay, since I was injured at the end of '98, the beginning of 1999 is when spinal cord research really started taking off. Yeah, like. Crazy stuff too, right? Yes. Like offshore stem stem cell stuff. And yeah, all sorts yeah. Of yeah. People in Russia, you know, just doing. Well, let's inject stem cells into spines and see what happens. I mean, I mean, yes. There's a lot of like crazy kind of shady stuff that goes on, but there's been like a lot of legit progress in the spinal cord. Yeah. Right. Research history. Right. And so, um, you know, my video game time was. I just got to wait it out. You know, either I'm going to die or I'm going to. Or medical science is gonna catch up. is gonna catch up, and then I'll I'll be able to pick right where I pick up right where I left off. You know, I mean that was always kind of my hope. Um, wow. Um, but uh, yeah, because I remember you happen. going pretty dark during that time. Yeah, like, I didn't I, see a lot of you. Yeah, I quit uh, answering my phone. I didn't get my mail, which uh, <laughs> just like late twenties. Uh mid twenties. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, mid mid twenties. Um, yeah, just pretty much cut off contact with everyone. Texting wasn't a thing at that time, really. So, um, you know, there was no real mm -hmm. text conversations or anything. Oh, I, if I, you could see one thing, you you have to see Andy text. It's amazing. Yeah. This is an animal. Like, mm, he can apparently. text faster than I can, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, I didn't bring I'm my using phone my hands. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was, that was tough. That was dark. And... Um, uh, I got out of that, and um, the next stage is acceptance, isn't it? After your bargaining, uh, or? bargaining, and then there's uh, depression. Oh, is, and then yeah, acceptance. Sorry. Yeah, and depression is really I. Uh, so I lived downtown when we met, and then I moved. I moved to like kind of the the edge of town, which was mm -hmm. like the worst place ever to to live because uh, it was I couldn't have any visitors. It took forever to get anywhere. Um, I just, I hated, I hated where I was at at that time. I try not to use the word hate anymore. Um, but it, that's, it's the perfect word is I hated my apartment. Um, I, I was doing nothing in my career. I, uh, was playing a lot of, you know, playing a lot of chess and video games. I mean, it, it was depressing. It was terrible. Um, and right about then is when I started writing my book, which, um, which is the most therapeutic experience that I had ever been through. Um, mm -hmm. and it was, it was that, that carried me through, through the rest of, um, through the rest of that stage of my life, you know, that I see is, is finally acceptance. And that, and, okay. Uh, so it seems obvious, right? That. Like writing a book would be therapeutic, but mm -hmm. I'd like to hear your perspective on that. Why was it therapeutic <laughs> for you? Because I think that it's easy to yeah. generalize. Yeah. Well, writing, like with filmmaking, like with any type of art, um, you write it down once, right? Like I had 420 pages on my first draft <clears throat> and it was all crap. I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was, it was the first draft. And the process is that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to go back to the deepest and the darkest parts of my life. And I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in that position and I'm going to put myself through those conversations over and over and over again. And I'm going to relive it with every single draft mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it to the point to where everything is entertaining. Like wow. that's the point you have to get to. Is it's like you have you have to you have to go through those experiences and live them enough to say, okay, how can I how can I find the story in this so that it can bring value to someone else? And and that's the process. Dude. And so when you hear about, <laughs> about when he, you know Hemingway said type or um, writing is easy, you just sit at the typewriter and bleed. I mean, that's there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. Is you just go through it over and over again, and then that's that's the therapy is getting to the point to where you can say I can go back to that point any time in my life and relive that 
and hopefully someone will be entertained by it so that it brings them value. Because that's, right. why that's the part that's huge is the actually bringing value to the other person because that's the thing that I think can get lost is that just bleeding is not necessarily good. No, it's got to be very entertaining. It's right. Kind of, it, like the value part is the actual yeah. crux of that thought. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people forget that on a regular basis because... Um, well, and, and something like, I mean, here's the difference. I, I really love filmmaking. I do. But... But writing is where my passion has has really driven me. And it's because, um, I mean, what, what's cool about filmmaking is it's like the biggest art form. I mean, like maybe architecture could be like deemed a bigger art form. But I mean, filmmaking, it's, it's a cl cl uh, collaboration of so many talents. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many things that you've got to have. You have to have all those people in order to make it work. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, at least with, with, with writing, you don't have to have that. You, you have your own world. You have, mm -hmm. you know, your own freedom and you can do whatever you want. Which is amazing and also it's the polar, a challenge it's because the polar you opposite. hold yourself accountable sure. in, in other ways. If you, uh, I mean, maybe you have a good editing team or whatever, but still to go back to all those points and challenge yourself to make them, as you say, entertaining, to yeah. build a narrative through line. Yeah. I can see how that would just be so. What, what's the name so of the book again? Just so it's called "It Never Ends." That's right. Cool. Yep. That's you can not get it on a, that's Amazon, Amazon, right? Or uh, only yeah. on your website. Kindle. Uh, well, you go to um, andyphelps.net, I guess if I can plug it. Um, yeah, it, do it. Andy Phelps, or no? I'm sorry, that's my andyphelps.us. Okay, that's, that's the domain now. And, okay. Um, there's a link to Kindle or iBooks or whatever. Um, I've got a few hard copies left. Cool. Her soft covers left, so um, sweet. Those can be shipped. How long did that take you to write the book? Um, well, st um, from the very beginning to publishing, it was a three-year process. I did the first draft in about a year and a half, maybe maybe a year, and then it took about two two years to edit it. I hmm. hired an editor and and um, and you know to prepare all the marketing and stuff like that. Right. And, and and I coordinated it so that it released you know along with Juggle and Cut right around the same time, and that was. That was a big part of the, I mean, a big part of the success. So you guys did awesome with that, by the way. It was, it's good to, you Still know. Still holds up. It awesome. really yeah. does hold up. I mean, I watched yeah. it this morning and had goosebumps. It's just very, it's a powerful story because the reality is like, I can see yourself then and now still. And like the, yeah. the part that seems slightly different now though, is what you were talking about when it comes to joy earlier. I kind of mm. wanted to return to that because, sure. um, the acceptance stage is totally different for everybody. And like you you said some things like, I don't like using the word hate anymore. Yeah. And you also talked about like trying to like just enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe talk about those themes a little bit more? Because like I did like there's some of that in juggle and cut, but not nearly as much as I'm sensing like right now. Well, and the other thing is too, it it's really easy to to contextualize this as like. Andy finds joy, right? <laughs> the reality is, is that we live in a society right now where I think like this is a really big deal. Like, oh, yeah. I think people in a comparative <laughs> no society. No kidding, man. No kidding. Being in a wheelchair, there's, there's uh, in no way am I minimalizing or trivializing that. But the reality is I think we live in the society where in some ways everybody's sort of putting themselves they're, they're creating this image of themselves that's disadvantaged, right? Where they're going like, well, I, someone else is doing it better and more fun and they're better at it or whatever. And so we're all sort of stuck in this phase where we're saying like, we, when, yeah, anytime you compare yourself to someone else that has more privilege than you or more opportunity or you perceive, perceive that they have that, it does take you through those stages that you were describing in some ways. And I think it's sort of prevalent everywhere right now. Well, I think we live in a society, maybe it has to do with the the advance of communication where it's easier to look at people and say, um, because you see more people. Yeah. And so so the people that you look at and say you envy 
or you say, I wish I had their life or, oh, oh, I thought it's funny. I'm reading um, Crime and Punishment right now, which I don't know if you've read it or not, but it's, it's, it's it, would, tome. it would be prevalent to this, to this uh, conversation is, you know, oh, if only I had what that person had, then I could be happy. You know, oh, if only I had, if only things would have worked out for me in such a manner. It's, it's like, come on, guys. You know, it's like, this is a tale pick up time. your cross and live, enjoy the journey, you know? Enjoy what we have. Dude, I can order a pizza on my phone and have it delivered to my house with a tap of a button. And a tater tot pizza. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Not just any pizza. All right? What? And how can you be pissed off? How can you be sad in the world that we live in? When you can communicate to, with someone on the other side of the world just by picking up your phone. Yeah. I mean, dude, we live in an amazing time. Are you kidding me? Who, yet, who has though, time that, to complain? That same technology, I think, creates all of these, these barriers, right? And, and I think someone like you, you have this incredible wisdom. I, you remind me, it's so funny. There's so many parallels between you and our friend David Wenzel. Mm. Who, um, poor guy. you know, also wrote a book. <laughs> He's that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote a book. I think he also has a similar thought process and stuff like that. It's just like you, I think you really offer a lot of wisdom um, almost as a mirror for, for a lot of people to just say like, hey, like get your head out of your ass. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, if I could say one thing to the world, maybe that's what it would be is, hey, get your head out of your ass. You know, it's, <laughs> we, we live in an amazing world, man. I mean, I mean, poverty is at an all-time low. People, um, you know, the, the economy's good. Uh, you know, life is just, it's, it's good right now. I mean, yeah, there's, there's crises everywhere. And, and yeah, the headlines are, you know, on fire with, ah, everything's going to hell. But I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, go home and sit in your backyard for a minute and, and take a breath of fresh air and just be happy that you can do that. You know, just, just be happy that you can live in this moment where you get to see technology evolve into the next stage that I think, you know, will ultimately be the, be the next great thing for humanity is, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe computer chips in our brains or something like that. I well, mean, Elon Musk how cool, just did how, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I saw that. How cool would that be for someone like myself, you know, to, to, to you know, have a brand new um, outlet, you know, to have like this, this new freedom, mm -hmm. you know, a brand new freedom. That I mean, is that crazy. Would be, We're, I was that would talking be amazing. to a friend about yeah. that the other day, about that. What is it called? Neuralink? Neuralink, Yeah. yeah. But I never thought about it in the context that you're talking about right now. Yeah. Holy shit. Or think or someone with, with ALS, you know? Yep. I mean, yep. I mean, yeah, that's it's not gonna stop ALS, but the quality of life is gonna go way up. You know, or or how about people who have suffered a brain injury mm -hmm. and maybe can't communicate? Maybe they can they can rig that so that a person, you know, can say hello to their family or it can say, you know, I enjoy watching this on TV so that they know not to put it on Mr. Rogers and just, you know, let him veg out in front of the table. Hey, I love Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Everyone loves Mr. Rogers. That's why they put it on. <laughs> you know? So in that vein, I like, I, I like, I kind of like this counter, this conversation that's happening because like, you're like, the technology is really wonderful and really great. And you acknowledge like some of those things, but like even you said, like there's barriers there that can create barriers as well. But I, I think That's there's like a perspective yeah. that I, I'm curious from where you, um, what your thoughts are on when it comes to like hopes, fears, and excitements about technology. Because you obviously see all the upsides. They're obviously everyone generally just talks about the downsides of our current state. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited that battery technology is getting better because that will lead to lighter wheelchairs, uh, which is a big deal because right now anyone who's in a wheelchair like myself, mm -hmm. they it's a big chair. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no denying. It's heavy too. I've it's, carried it's it up steps. <laughs> yeah, that's Not right. alone. <laughs> right. But, um, but, I mean, and this is a small chair in comparison to some. Mm -hmm. I mean, some have like... Literally, it'd be a 400-pound chair. And then you put, right. you know, another 150 pounds on top of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, a, that's inconvenient, at, you know, to say the least. Um, so I'm excited for that. 
Uh, I'm excited that battery technology is going to get better. I'm excited that medical technology is getting better. Um, uh, I don't know if they're one day going to be able to bridge the gap in the spinal cord. I don't know if they're going to be able to regenerate the spinal cord or if they'll be able to give you some kind of pill that, um, you know, will help regenerate that. I, I don't know what it, it's probably going to be um, a collaboration of many things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the future for spinal injury, I think, is is something to be excited about. Right. Uh, probably not in the next five years, but maybe in the next 10 or 15. Yeah. Um, just, just... Uh, Ballpark guessing. I don't know. May, maybe it'll be next year. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll come up with something. There's but, something um, that's a through line though in what you're saying. And like, dude, I obviously I know it's obvious, but I just admire you so much. I admire, oh, thanks, man. I admire your ability to hold both of those things at the same time. Mm. To say, sorry, I'm getting a little <laughs> emotional. I've known Andy for a long time. Um, your ability to get excited about this and to see it as an opportunity, but also to not, I mean, like I, I live in the future so often, right? I'm like in, in when this happens or Mm. if only I could complete this task or if only, you know, could achieve this goal or whatever. And I live out there and it's very hard to be present. This is why I do things like, you know, stick my family in a trailer and go to the woods or whatever. Right. Right. But you've, you really have like almost like achieved this weird nirvana state <laughs> where like you're stoked about the future and what could happen, but you're not living for that. No, you're I'm, here I'm now. I'm stoked about that. And the I nirvana. think we all really struggle with that. Sure. At least like people like me do. I think people that well, are ambitious, that want to achieve things, oftentimes live in the hope of those achievements rather than enjoy the moment and pursue those things. Well, it's, and you're doing that. It's easy to do that because the future is so exciting. You know, it's, it's easy to look forward to the future right. and not, and not be in the now. Right. But you can't because, get there without. So how do you yeah. stay in the now? You, you put yourself there. Yeah. It's a, you so can there. I, have you done like my, so is this through, I'm going to ask how you got there. Cause like mindfulness practices, oh, counseling, yeah. like what's the, yeah. cause like um, I, mindfulness has been huge my, for me and yeah. like, just like my ADD brain likes mm-hmm. to like just jump. Yeah. Real I fast. started practicing mindfulness, um, when I started writing my book Okay, okay. and that has been a big, okay. So it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> there's a few things that have happened. Um, so the mindfulness was really the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just mindfulness, but um, for me, I'm a Christian. I like to I like to pretend that I'm living amongst Christ. Not that he is mm-hmm. interacting, but that he is a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a big thing. So that, that right there gets rid of a lot of your bad habits. Okay, because if, if you think that Jesus is right beside you, then you're not, you know, dicking around on the internet. You're, you're, you're <laughs> literally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. True that. But, um, but it's a different mindset. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a different type of mindfulness. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's where, that's where it started. Okay. Was, was it, uh, that. Um, and then um, see, here's the thing. I've, I've almost died like more, I, literally more times than I can say offhand. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's. I mean, first time when I was almost, or when I was 16, almost died. Two of my friends died in my wreck. I mean, it was it was close. Um, yeah, you switched I've seats had, at the last minute. Well, I, before we got in the car. Yeah, yeah we switched seats um, or as we were getting in the car. I think we'll tell um, that story in a minute, actually, but sure. let's go on with it. Um, I had a drug overdose um, about three years ago. That was huge. It wasn't like, um, I mean, it wasn't like a, a heroin overdose or anything. I've got, I've got this pump inside of me that uh, pumps spasm medication in my body so that I don't have all these convulsions all the time. And long story short, it malfunctioned and almost killed me. Damn. I mean, it was, it was, I remember that. It was crazy, man. Um, coming back from that was a big, um, was a big part of my life because it, um, Again, it just put me in the in the right here, mm-hmm. you know, in the right here now. Yes, the future is important, and we should plan and look forward to the future. But you do that in the right now, you know. You don't you don't plan for the future in the future. You plan for the future now, and um, you know, once you have those experiences so much, you know, um, or 
you know, you, you battle through the depression, which is something else that I did. Um, you know, was was finally I've I I've got a good therapist. I'm on a good uh, medication regimen, and um, the the depression is is all but you know history right now. It's it's in uh, and, and, and the winter it's tough. I think winter it, yeah. time is tough. Michigan is brutal. Yeah, Michigan's <laughs> brutal. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing, though. But, I'm saying, like, I bitch about Michigan in the winter, and you're like taking a wheelchair through this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like it puts it so much in context all yeah. the time. It's um, I mean, it's tough. It, it is, and, and and I wouldn't say that I've conquered my depression by any means, but um, I I'm to the point to where I have the upper hand. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that comes from family and friends, and just being honest and. You know, open. It's it's been uh, depression has been such a stigma in the history of the United States. Uh, I'm rewatching Bad Men, which is to me, it's like that is a story about a guy suffering from depression. Mm. In, in and out. Yep. That's what that that's yep. what that series is. That's so interesting. I've never heard it described that way. Yeah. Well, depression wasn't diagnosable at the time at, at that level. You know, it's oh, you're feeling blue. You know, you got the blues. <laughs> oh, you're feeling sad. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm I'm effing messed up in the head. There's a chemical imbalance and I want to go crazy. And for some reason, I'm going to, it Here's sounds more rational. Of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sounds more rational to throw myself off a building than to take a nap, you know? And, and, right. And and that's, I mean, the history of depression is is dark and it's tough. And, and you see that now, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. people are finally starting to talk about it. Yeah. How did you... Um, how did you get to the point where you recognized it and felt supported enough or at least ambitious it's, enough to tackle it? Uh, uh, a lot of it has to do, I've got very good uh, care. I've got very, I've got a nursing service, a couple of nurses that take very good care of me. Um, and, um, you know, they were just pretty much, they were just up front with me and they said, uh, well, I was on a lot of morphine at the time. I was on a lot of different opiates. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, which that, was which, which was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I stay away. I mean, it's that's like the devil. I mean, that is that is the devil. That's how he gets into your system, Mister Opiates. Um, and so, uh, you know, I was I was very depressed and just not not with it because of all the morphine at the time, and I just I didn't want to live that way anymore. But I couldn't balance myself until one of my nurses said, listen, you, you know, this is what's going on. The chemicals in your brain are not acting right. This is fixable. This is treatable. There are people who do this for a living. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I just had to check myself in and get uh, get balanced. And then um, once I found the right the right medication regimen, which it wasn't easy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's tough. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because, you know, it's... Uh, it's hard to cry, you know, sometimes it's hard to, um, it's hard to feel an, an incredible span of emotions. Those, those same, mm-hmm. this, excuse me, <clears throat> the same span of emotions that you have when you're unhinged. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's a trip when you're unhinged, you know, yeah. and, um, <clears throat> that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's something we, we, to that. Sometimes we take that for granted too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the ability to be angry or be sad. Yeah. You know, especially in Western society, like we see that as all like sort of negative stuff that we just got to get over with. Yeah, no, it's not. It's part of your growing. You know, it's you need to experience that stuff. That's what mm-hmm. forms your brain. You know, you, you need those chemicals in your brain. Right. That's, what, that's what balances you. It's so, so true. Yeah, so once I found, um, you know, once I found help, basically I just, I just sought out help, you know, and... and Found um, the right medical professionals who, you know, they talk with me daily or not daily, but you know, often. And um, I'm honest with them. That's the thing. You have to be honest with those trying to help you. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Um, if there's anyone out there struggling from depression, then then just go get help. I mean, it's 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 nothing to be ashamed of at all. You'll feel so much better, and then you'll be able to help other people too. It's so true. So. This is a really funny, reoccurring theme that keeps happening for like these Mental last five, health five episodes like, or so. Like it, uh, we've touched on has it. Nonstop. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is what I was getting at. I think it's happening because I think like we are not recognized the epidemic of weight, cognitive weight that people are carrying, and I mm. mean like it's just crept up over five or six years. Like I think everyone is carrying this massive amount of weight 
and we're just starting to realize it. And so I'm not trying to compare and contrast exactly with your with your situation. What I'm saying is like I think you've you hold the keys to some things that I think a lot of us mm. need to begin to apply and recognize. Well, absolutely. And it's yeah. no fun that you've come about them this way, but it does make you very insightful, I think. Mm. And to recognize that you know you may have insights that supersede your own situation in, in a big way because I think everybody is sort of in their own battle right now. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not comparing or trivializing. I'm no, just saying I think you, people are caring. I, I think you've hit it because, I mean, I mean, think about being 16 in this age right now. I mean, you think you know everything when you're 16. That's part of being a 16-year-old is that, you know, you're, you're so stupid that you think you know everything. And then, the naivete. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then and then you break out into the world where the internet has, you know, made it this place where it's it's the entire world. You can break out to the entire world, and that's got to be daunting for people. And and, and how, for, how for, can you even compete? Yeah, how, how can could you yeah, even and, enter? And, and considering that when you're 16, your brain is still forming. You know, they say that the male brain forms until you're about 24 years old, mm -hmm. and and so they are being formed as their brain is forming. It's by you know, Wait, that mindset. Why the male, does a female the brain not form by 24? No, it's before that. The yeah, they're females mature a little bit. Okay. Faster than men. I'm just saying, we're talking about yeah. everybody. Yeah. 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 Now. But I mean, I'm, I'm a male. And so I'm going to, I mean, it's yeah, just yeah. easier for me to, to talk about my experience. Yeah. Um, but to, yeah, but to be, to, but to have that pressure, Good. you know, and, and to say you have the whole world, you know, before you, when it's, it's the whole world, man, it is. You know, yeah. What, so, what kind of? A, I mean, you're sort of been giving advice, but like, what would you say to someone that's like, sort of like, it's just overwhelming, right? To look at your own life, to look at your own. This is what place I would, in the world. This is what I would say, um, and I, I need to take this advice myself. Look at tradition, okay? Tradition is knowledge that is passed on to us. It, it's passed on to us through a way which can't always be explained by words, okay? But those before us have, obviously, we have more ancestors than we have ourselves. I mean, I mean, there's more, more have come before us than are with us right now. Mm -hmm. And so to discount that knowledge, to say, oh no, you know, they were fools, they didn't have science back then, they didn't, you know, they didn't know what they were doing by then. To do that is foolish, you know, to, to ignore tradition is foolish. Um, so my- Because you feel like it's transcended. It's yeah, yeah, because there's a value there that you can't see. There's still the human experience. There's, there's, yeah. Well, there's something about it. There's something embedded in the tradition that's that's valuable. That, that you know, I, I would even say is sacred. Mm. You know, and I think it, that was the method of those before us before that they before they had a way to communicate the way do now. You know, with with paper and pen or you know, and with word processing or whatever the way that they pass knowledge down was through tradition. And so there is something there. And so mm -hmm. if, if you are struggling, if you're, if you don't know where you're at in life, um, if you don't like where you're at in life, rather, if you don't know where you're going, um, seek tradition and, mm -hmm. and try and find out what those before us did. I think there's something. Think, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, there is something in that too, like tradition. And then I think something that comes alongside of it is like regimen. Right? Like mm -hmm. almost like the rhythm of things, right? So it's one thing about tradition is is sort of like the rhythms of life yeah. throughout the it's ages. Keep, keeping yourself checked in. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I found that that is really helpful. You know, when all options are on the table, you can do nothing, right? I get paralyzed by opening Netflix, sure. right? No, for real though. Like yeah. these sorts of things. And like it's daunting, I would get man. my wife and I would sit down to watch something and I would feel anxiety. Right. And so for us, we're like, we're going to create a tradition. This is weird. It's, it may be like really trivial comparing it to what you're saying, but like, no, you're right. we're like, we get anxious every time we watch Netflix. So what we're going to do is every Tuesday night, one of us has to come by nine o'clock. You have to show up with a movie already picked out and the other person has to make a cocktail. And awesome. Every other week we flip flop. Right. And it changed it immediately. Instead of this thing being like, oh, what do you want to do? What do you want to watch? And then it just being like this sort of yeah. anxious process, it became like this 
fun sort of game almost yeah. where it's just like, what now, I'm, can I now I'm advanced, like thinking about this and making lists of movies I want to watch. And Teresa's doing You're the same attention. thing. And like, I'm learning something new because now I'm learning the craft. She's picking up movies that I wouldn't watch, but then I watch them. I'm like, that's my favorite. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Boy Erased is way more fun than like whatever comedy I just picked like last week because <laughs> I learned something. Like having a tradition or a space for things. Mm-hmm is really valuable. Your brother ta- told me this. Yeah. He said that when monasteries first began, it was because monks did, so- and I'm probably butchering it, but because monks did this thing called ordering the hours. Yep. And it was a way of being able to make themselves present. Mm. So if you have a block of time for gardening and you have a block of time for prayer and you have a block of time for making beer and a block of time for hanging out with your friends, when you're in those moments... You don't have to feel pressure that you should be in one of the other moments. And when we live in this world where everything is sort of bombarding at once and our phone is just sort of shooting all that information at us, it's really easy to go through an entire day and go, I don't know what I did today when. I just reacted nonstop. And having these forms where you can turn the rest of it off and go, I'm going to be here now. I'm going to be in this tradition now or I'm going to be in this moment now and give yourself permission to say no to everything else. I found to be really a helpful process. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the one of my favorite authors of all time, Frederick Buechner. His his favorite phrase that he writes and all a thing that he used frequently was, um, "Listen to your life." Oh, so like like pausing long enough to actually like pay attention to what's happening. So like we, all of our experience generally can teach us something, but yeah. like you actually have to listen to it you instead of just, like you have to be slowed down enough to go what's actually happening here yeah so this is a lot of gold but like one of the one of the sad things about these is like all these have times um so andy i, know. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts so i know signs <laughs> so yeah. but I, 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 wish we had, I wish we had told this story but i think it's actually better that we didn't yeah because like, then they can go, go watch discover. juggle and yeah. cut, read andy's book yeah there's if a lot more to his know story more of yeah. how he got into this position and the process of that and also like just like the whole creator side of it, editing and all that sort of stuff. It's really fun to watch and yeah. to see how you do that work. Yeah. And, it, and it's just overall good. <laughs> I mean, you guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys just did. You guys really nailed it. I so, mean, I remember the first time I saw Juggle and Cut, I I just, I was I'd taken back, you know. I, Caleb I, I, really, I, there were no yeah. words. And, it, and, and Caleb did great, but I mean, everyone, everyone that was involved with it did great. You all got, you guys just did And it was, a, it was an honor. You know, that's the other thing. It was, you know, to to be in a community that, you know, recognizes, you know, and, and says, hey, you know, this guy's got a great story and then let's let's tell the great story. It's yeah. it's very humbling. I'm just, I, I'm just, I don't know what Well, else. that's what I love about these conversations. Like the great story to me, and that's why we haven't even gone like, how did you get paralyzed? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. The great story isn't that. No. The great story is what, that sort of the like the human resilience that emerges out of that, and for you to sit here and go like, I've not only did I fight through being paralyzed, but I fought through the mental battles of yeah. that entire thing, and then to come out on this side and to be able to say like, hey, like that fight's not over, right. but here's where I am right now, and there's something good, and yeah. I want to share it, like, mm-hmm. dude, so awesome, like that is such a gift to the world. I think. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just blessed to be a part of it. You know, and, and to, to have this platform in the outlet, you know, and to be a part of the gorilla community. It's just, I was looking at the picture that's up there on the wall. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, that was one of our, that was one of ours. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. Probably holding one of your cameras. I think you are. <laughs> it's on my property. So I, I want to give you one more chance, if you'd okay. like. One yes. thing that I give all the guests is the opportunity to ask Eric yeah. and I a question. Um, so if you would like it, take the floor right now. You can ask him anything you'd like because, you, you know, not often you get a chance to like sit and, oh, yeah. and like do this. So Yes. And, um, and, and then after that, we're going to call it quits. But before that, I do want to say thank you for taking the time to actually Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, where is your next vacation? <laughs> Wait a minute. Ooh, help me understand the question. Um, well, you said you like to throw your kids in the camper and drive off to the middle of nowhere. Where are you going next time? Yeah. So, okay. Now, this is, I guess this is a good question. Uh, a weekend and a half ago, or a week and a half ago, I was up, I went up to the UP with a bunch of friends for a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. And uh, I Which came back. Which part of the UP? What's that? Which part of the UP? Autrain Lake by Munising. Okay. Right by Munising. Okay. 
upper the UP is the upper peninsula of Michigan. If everybody <laughs> doesn't know that. Um, and I came back and I immediately like grabbed Teresa and I'm like, we have to sit down right now. We have to look at our calendar. <laughs> is there any time in August that we can just block it out, awesome. hook this trailer up and just go back up to the UP because there's a whole bunch of places we should explore. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's going to be snowing soon. And it was, it's yes. kind of that thing. It was just like, we need to like be here for a minute because I could easily fill this entire month with things I quote have to do. And then it's going to be winter and yeah. you know, whatever. And I'm like, let's just like, screw it. Like, let's just find six days and just drive our trailer up and just kind of go as far as we can go. So awesome. there's this place called Copper Harbor that I've never been yeah, to. Yeah, my brother and I rode our, our motorcycles through there in 98. It's so awesome. Yep. I can't wait. I've never been there. So I just want to go to Copper Harbor. Harbor. It's about nine hours from here. Yep. And uh, we just randomly just went, okay, we're going to go to Copper Harbor. Awesome. So that's, awesome. that's what's that's going exciting, on. That's exciting, man. It's a great place. <laughs> and I'll be there for like two days and then come back, but it'll be worth it. I just, I love the exploring aspect of it. I just, I yeah. feel feel like I have to just go find something new. Cool. That's awesome. Cool. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, thanks so much for being on this. This uh, is. <laughs> go ahead. You should do the proper sign. Are you, do, Andy, do, do are, radio not, are you on the social medias, anything like that? I'm on, like, fa I'm on the Facebook. Find cool. Andy on the Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on the Facebook. But, uh, oh, the Twitter. That's the, yeah. At Andy Phelps. I, cool. I can, clever. I would guess the Twitter is the most fun to find Andy. Yeah, I, I'm He's over He's master it. of the quips. Uh, no, I'm over it. Oh, so you are? Oh, I'm so okay. sick of social media, man. All right. Screw social media. Screw it. If you want to find Andy. <laughs> find him on the Facebooks or just, you know. Just Google AndyPhelps.us. Yeah. Read his book, though. It's yeah. really awesome. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.